and let's pray and ask God for God's help as we open up scriptures. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have spoken to us, that you have spoken to us by your word. And so we pray that you would help us as we open up this passage, uh, help us to see, know, understand, and to put into practice what we hear from you today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, recently, my brother has been digitizing some of the Calder Home videos from when we were kids. And he's also been sending along some highlights along the way to our family chat. The other day, he posted a video of me and him. We were tasked with a simple job of cleaning up the computer table. And he must have filmed it because we had a new camera at the time, and that's just what Calder brothers do. So in the clip, as we watched, it became clearer and clearer that my brother Philip was doing most of the work while a young Michael Calder was getting quite distracted by the things that he was tidying up. As the video progressed, it also became clearer that Philip was less than impressed with my so-called help. Now, I do hope that my attention span has increased over the past 20 years or so, but in our passage today, we're warned about getting distracted about getting distracted and worrying about many things. And not just getting distracted from doing the washing up or doing that assignment or even cleaning up the computer table, but distracted from something which is crucial. Getting distracted from the singular most important thing. And that most important thing is listening to God's word and spending time with God. That is, being a disciple and growing as a disciple. Because what we'll see is that many things can distract, but only one thing is needed. Now, at this point in Luke, uh, Jesus is on his, well on his way to Jerusalem. And if you have that passage in front of you and you look up a couple of verses, you'll see that just before this passage is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, this is where a teacher of the law came up to Jesus and asked Jesus, what must he do to gain eternal life? Uh, and then Jesus replied with the parable of the good Samaritan, uh, where this man helped out another man at his own expense, going completely above and beyond to help this person who is in need. And so Jesus says to go and do likewise. That is, go and be like the good Samaritan. So then, we could leave this passage thinking that all we need to do is to immediately go out and become busy, busy in helping others. Uh, maybe begin a social enterprise, hold stalls to raise money, hold some extravagant fundraising dinners, get a celebrity endorsement, and then we'd be on our way to being busy with doing good things. And that'd all be good. There's nothing bad about being a good Samaritan and helping others after all it's commanded. But then we could be in so great a danger of being busy with doing stuff that we would be at risk of leaving the most important thing behind. So it's no surprise that Luke puts our passage right after the good Samaritan. Uh, let's look at this together from 10 verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, 
he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So Jesus goes to Martha's house for dinner. Martha gets busy with making all the food and all the preparations. But her sister Mary is just sitting and listening to Jesus. Now, sometimes we can picture Mary here as kind of being you know, on a spiritual high or something like that. Uh, on the other hand, some people said that you know, we could view her as using Jesus as an excuse to get her out of doing the dishes. But that's just wrong. Mary here is doing a beautiful thing. Sitting, learning from, spending time with, paying attention to every word of Jesus. Studying and being taught by the Master himself. Mary knew that Jesus was an amazing teacher, so she made the most of every opportunity to soak in every word. This is what a disciple of a rabbi did. They traveled with him, sat at their feet, listened to their teaching, paying attention to them. And this is what Mary was doing. Spending time with Jesus. Doing the best thing. But Martha also knew who Jesus was. She knew that Jesus was kind of a big deal. Uh, he was gaining popularity. He was a great teacher. And so she started making preparations to provide hospitality for him. And this is all perfectly understandable, isn't it? For if someone who is kind of a big deal was coming to your house, you'd want to put on the very best, wouldn't you? You know, use the best china, use the special silver cutlery that's reserved only for Christmas, uh, use the very best ingredients and get the lighting and background music just right to create enough ambience without being distracting. You want to provide warm hospitality. And there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with Martha wanting to do her best for Jesus. There's nothing wrong with us wanting to do our best for Jesus. But, there was something better that Martha could be doing. There was something better that Martha was pulled away or distracted from. And that is what Mary was doing. Listening to and spending time with Jesus. Martha was distracted. She was pulled away. Her attention was divided and diverted from listening to Jesus to doing stuff for Jesus. If you've hosted a dinner party, I'm sure that you felt this tension. You know, you want to you uh, be part of the conversation, but the dishes just need to get done. And so you try and clear the table whilst having an ear into the conversation, but not really getting any of it. Pulled away, distracted, attention diverted. Now, as we said before, there's nothing wrong with doing things for Jesus. In fact, we're commanded in Romans 12 to offer up our bodies as the living sacrifice to him, offering all that we have in service to him. In the parable of the sheep and the goats, we are told that whatever we do for our brothers and sisters in need, we do for Jesus and we're commanded to. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, we are told to go and be like the Good Samaritan. Serving Jesus is good. It's needed. It's needed. 
commanded. But even though these things are good, these good things mustn't distract us or overwhelm us or overburden us so much that we lose our focus on what should be our top priority. Listening to and spending time with Jesus. But Martha's patience is wearing out with her sister. Uh, the patience decreases as the pressure increases. She doesn't approve of her sister's lack of action. And so she complains, not to her sister, but to Jesus. Uh, halfway through verse 40, look with me. Uh, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Uh, Martha is doing everything and thinks that her service is the most important thing, that Jesus needs her work and can't do without her, that all the preparations are indispensable and so important. And sometimes, I think we can sometimes fall into the same trap, especially with those with roles in the church or for those of us on the staff team of thinking that Jesus needs our work, that he can't do without us. I know that I definitely overestimate my importance and forget that it's by his grace that we get to serve him. But even though serving and working for Jesus is good, there is a better thing. Only one thing is needed. In aviation, one of the greatest causes of incidences is pilot distraction. Something goes wrong in the cockpit, something small, they get distracted by that thing, and then they neglect the one thing that is needed, flying the plane. Now, if you're a nervous flyer, there's no need to be, uh, because it's ingrained in new pilots that whenever they are under pressure to aviate, navigate, communicate. First priority, fly the plane, keep it in the air. Second priority, know where you're headed. Third priority, let people know what's happening. But the one crucial thing, keep the plane in the air. Don't get distracted. Now, we've seen that we have the potential to be distracted by many things. But what is the thing that is essential? What is the thing that's needed? Well, it's listening to Jesus. Look with me from verse 41, where Jesus responds to Martha's complaint. Verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You can almost imagine Jesus saying this with a warm smile on his face correcting Martha out of love and affection for her. He tells her that she's troubled and worked up by a lot of things, but only a few things are needed. Now, this is a little bit difficult to translate here, but Jesus could be talking about, uh, for instance, the dinner. For example, there's no such need for such an extravagant meal, only a few things are needed. Or to put it in Australian terms, Martha, I don't need the full kit and caboodle, just some bangers and mash will do. Something simpler could have sufficed, and she could have been less busy. 
But then he goes on to say, indeed, only one. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it won't be taken away from her. Only one thing is needed. Sitting and listening to Jesus. Spending time with him. Uh, studying his words, sitting at his feet, spending time with him is the one thing that's needed. It's the best thing to do. Uh, all other things are secondary. And yes, some of those things might be good. They might be great. But not as good as the primary thing. All right, good. So if all we need to do is to sit with and listen to Jesus and spend time with Jesus, then all we should do is to drop everything and read, right? Uh, maybe we should leave our jobs, tear up the church roster, uh, live a life of pure contemplation and study, go into the study, lock the door, find a nice couch, have a good read for the rest of your life. Well, as tempting as that sounds, it does sound tempting, that would be a mistake because we are called to live and serve and work for Jesus, as we saw earlier. But whatever we do should be driven by what we read about and hear from God's word as we study it. So if we see someone in need, we should help them because of what we read in God's word. If we see a role to be filled, we should have a crack at it because that's what we've heard from God's word. If we feel called to full-time ministry or to oversee his mission, uh, we should look into it. Not because we think that we're the bee's knees or that God needs us, but from what we have heard from God's word. Listening to Jesus, spending time with Jesus must come first. And then all our actions and how we live comes as a result of what we've heard. Make sure that we don't get too busy with good things that we get distracted from the main thing. That's why in Acts 6, uh, the apostles, the very first apostles in the early church, appoint deacons to help serve so that preaching of the word would be priority number one for the apostles because it's central. Uh, that's why here at St. Bart's, hearing, understanding, and putting into practice God's word is so important. Throughout all generations, throughout the kids' material that's happening right now, throughout the small group materials, uh, the preaching, small groups, midweek, uh, Ridley courses every term, work and faith meetings, Alpha, aged care services, partial visiting, all centered around God's word. And then we all take next steps as a result of what we've seen and heard when we spend time with Jesus. Because it is so, so easy to get busy, isn't it? Uh, we live in a productivity culture here in Australia. Whenever somebody asks us how our weeks are going, the standard response is either busy or flat out. We applaud those who are big contributors. And our world values people more in what they can do or what they produce rather than who they are as a person. Uh, capacity and capability over character. But here, Jesus turns this on its head. Was Mary of less value because she wasn't doing stuff? No. Was Martha of more value because she was doing more? 
No. Our value or worth as a person isn't reliant on how busy we can be or in the number of talents that we have or in what we do or in what we have, but in who God says that we are. And because of what we read in God's word and what we see demonstrated on the cross, we know that God says that we are beloved children of him. Our crazy business doesn't earn any more favor. We don't have to earn or prove our worth. We just have to spend time with God. Listen to his word. It's priority number one. And then put it into action. Hear God's words and put them into practice. And this is a hard balance. Uh, the fact of the matter is that life is busy. Uh, work can demand our attention 24-7 through our phones and devices. Our health could mean that we're constantly on the phone or traveling to and from Brisbane for that next specialist appointment. Our kids could be so involved in so much at, at school and in the community that your job as a parent is now just as a personal chauffeur. Uh, study has never been so more flexible, but has never had so few boundaries. The next assignment is just around the corner. And I even mentioned personal hobbies and interests yet. And yes, some of these things are good things. It's good to provide for our families. It's good to stay healthy. And yes, it's good to serve here at church. But all of these things can drive us so busy that we forget the most important voice of all. Many things distract, but only one thing is necessary. So it may mean that we need to carve out time to spend quality time with Jesus, block it off in our calendars or our diaries, uh, perhaps find a friend to keep you accountable or to spend time with Jesus together. It may even involve saying no to some things, even good things. You know, if Martha was to listen to Jesus like Mary was, it would have meant saying no to providing such an extravagant meal. But it would be so worth it. Because what we have in front of us are the very words of God. The best thing ever. We have access to God. We can be with him. Psalm 119.105 says that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Verse 130 says, the unfolding of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. And as Simon Peter says to Jesus when his followers are leaving him, left, right and center in John 6, Lord, to whom else shall we go? For you alone have the words of eternal life. Many things distract, but only one thing is needed. Leave the good and choose the best. How about we pray and ask God to help us with this? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your grace and mercy towards us in so many ways that we can come to you, spend time with you, and learn more from you. 
So Heavenly Father, help us not to take this for granted. Help us to have wisdom and discernment in how we go about it. Let us know when we need to choose the best thing. Let us know when we need to say no to the good things. That we may live lives that honour you, serve you, now and forever. Amen.